Talking Joe is on the air. And it's skybound, the walking dead guy. Everyone calm down, it's the invisible Hey, 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 it's Mark and welcome to Talking Joe, the leading dedicated G.I. Joe comics podcast. Now, today we are bringing you some exclusive breaking news from the shop floor of San Diego Comic Con 2023. So over the next few minutes, I will be bringing you the latest breaking news from Skybound Comics that they uh, discussed and announced at San Diego. So we already know a fair amount about the shared Hasbro Energon universe. You can uh, read my blog post over the Patreon, patreon.com slash Talking Joe. The post is uh, unlocked, so anyone can read it. And that sort of gives the background to most of the news that had broken prior to this weekend. I also caught up with Chris McLeod to discuss all of that news a few weeks ago. So you can check out that video. So uh, what do we already know about shared Hasbro Energon Universe and Skybound's publishing plans in principle? So Void Rivals is the starting point for their universe. It started with issue one in June. Issue two has just recently come out in July. So that's the starting point And things have been seeded already with a, uh, a Transformer appearance in issue one. So Void Rivals is followed by Transformers issue one, October 2023, by Daniel Warren Johnson. Duke issue one follows December 2023 from Joshua Williamson and artist Tom Riley. Cobra Commander issue one then follows the following month in January 2024 from Joshua Williamson and artist Andrea Milana. Uh, we've not been told how many issues those run, but my expectation is those will be miniseries. In interviews, Skybound have previously said that they are looking to have about four concurrent uh, titles being released at any given time. So we do have Void Rivals, Transformers, Duke, Cobra Commander being four, which uh, is a good uh, indication that we're not going to be overwhelmed and saturated with too many titles. So uh, as some miniseries drop out and ongoing series come in, it's all gets replaced out by other miniseries. Uh, I expect that we'll see some variation in the titles uh, there. So outside of the Energon universe and staying in its own continuity, the G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero title written by Larry Hammer continues with issue 301 and the artist has been announced as Chris Mooneyham. And uh, Robert Kirkman has said that he would like Larry to keep on writing it as long as, as he is able to. Uh, he previously said 400 and <laughs> San Diego has said, let's do issue five, go up to issue 500. So we'll see. And in November, Skybound are also releasing a special reprint. It's G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, Issue 1, The Larry Hammercut. Uh, the reprint contains the iconic first issue of the original comic, and it's been changed. So it's got the original unaltered scripting 
from Larry Hammer's script, um, which was infamously changed by editorial at the last moment to for the printed edition. And so that uh, that egregious correction uh, was has been fixed back to the way that Larry originally intended it. Uh, so all that context aside, uh, San Diego, Larry Hammer was in San Diego this year. And I understand that it was his very first time there because he's not normally invited. And uh, last year he, he would have been invited. He was inducted in 2022 to the Eisner Award Hall of Fame, but had other commitments that he so he wasn't able to go to, to that. So he was at San Diego for the first time and uh, he looked uh, delighted. Every photo that I've seen of him, he's got a grinning smile across his face. Uh, so Skybound was the bell of the ball this year. Uh, they were promoting multiple projects across multiple media. Uh, so that included the new Invincible animation with a promotion for Series 2 and a drop of Atom Eve special, which has just come out. And Kirkman was here, there and everywhere doing interviews about all manner of different subjects across the day. Uh, in this clip, which was taken at the Skybound booth, Kirkman talks about what he thinks is cool about G.I. Joe. I think one of the things that's really cool about G.I. Joe that makes it so special is that, you know, what Larry Hama and the Hasbro team and everybody Props was able to, to do yeah. is uh, it's it's a cast of. I don't know, 5,000 characters. Yeah. And every single one of them is a, a distinct yep. character that you like identify with and, and, and love and care for and are interested in. And it is it is a rich universe yep. that I can see what you're saying with Walking Dead because it's like everyone who's doing anything strives to achieve that. Yeah. You know, that's what you're doing with Impact Winner. That's what I'm doing with Invincible, Walking Dead, whatever. It's like you want to have that distinctness to every single individual character no matter how far down the roster yeah. cast you go that, that makes sense to, to you know give the audience something to identify with yeah. and you know yeah i mean that's definitely something that i picked up from gi joe as, as a kid there was a mini teaser skybound energon universe comic panel at the hasbro main stage at 2.15 on Friday the 21st, ahead of the main panel. This panel was moderated by Hasbro Head of Global Publishing, Michael Kelly, and included Skybound Senior Vice President uh, slash Editor-in-Chief, Sean Makowitz, Larry Hammer, Robert Kirkman, and Daniel Warren Johnson. This panel was very kindly recorded by Philip Donnelly and shared with the community. So a big thanks to Philip for recording and sharing this so that we can all enjoy it. Uh, so it's just, it's been, I think it's a great partnership so far. I'm very excited. But it, it was all just trying to come up with something that can excite a fan base that I'm a part of. You know, that, that, that I, I love all this stuff. And so to, to get them as excited about it as, as I was, you know, to, to, to try something different. Yeah, I actually did forget to introduce myself. I'm Michael Kelly. I'm the head of global publishing at Hasbro. So I get to work with all these guys on a day in and day basis. <laughs> so, um, you said get to instead of have to. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Depends on the day. But, uh, <laughs> Sean, how hard was it to keep this secret? Because I know that it was hard for me. So, well, I've been at Skybound almost 11 years, so it's not the first secret I've kept. Like, and some projects take a very long time in development. So I've kept secrets a lot longer from, from Robert, from my wife, from my kids, from my parents. <laughs> so I'm pretty good with secrets, man. 
Yeah, I have to say, when, when Robert first uh, proposed the idea of the secret reveal in Void Rivals, it was almost two years ago, I guess, now, 18, at least 18 months, and I thought, there's no way we're keeping the secret. <laughs> but we managed to do it. Larry, uh, I know, I think you were probably like, wow, thank God, you know, 300, I'm done. And we're like, no, sorry. <laughs> we're calling you back up. <laughs> How do you feel about being with Skybound? 500 issues. <laughs> To me, it's like just going home. You know, it's, I, don't, I don't really don't have to think about it. And especially, I mean, in this day and age, if somebody asks a writer to do something, it's like, oh, you have to read uh, this 250 back issue in order to catch up with the continuity. But uh, I was ahead of the curve on it. And, and I keep a secret too. When, when they let me out of the RV, they said, uh, everything you can't deny, forget. <laughs> and, then, and then they showed me a picture of uh, Fort Leavenworth. <laughs> so I know how to keep a secret. Excellent. <laughs> Daniel, tell me a little bit about your... Affinity for Transformers, I, you know, what's your background with the brand as well? well? I was born in 87, so I missed the cartoon. But they played it after school when I was in second grade, and I watched that religiously until they replaced it with the Aladdin TV show, which was a dark day <laughs> in my childhood. So, uh, you know, I remember going to Blockbuster and renting the Transformers movie, 86 animated one, and being, of course, like many of us all here, devastated by the scene that we all know and will not talk about, but it was a huge part of my childhood. I remember uh, there are a few things that I always wanted to draw when I was a kid really well. And uh, this is before Google Images. So I'm over here trying to draw an X-Wing, and I'm like hitting pause on Return of the Jedi every five seconds so I can draw that X-Wing. And they did the same thing with Optimus Prime dying. I kept trying to hit pause so I could get that face sculpt right, and I never could. Uh, until I became an adult, and I uh, agreed to do Transformers, and I got it just right. Um, you're working with Mike Spicer, again. Yes, Mike Spicer's coloring book. Yep. Um, I'd love to hear just, uh, what's your creative process working with him? Obviously, you guys are a dynamic duo when it comes to comics, so I'd love to just hear your thoughts on back and forth with the Transformers comic. Oh, yeah. Um, I give Mike a black and white page, and he colors the crap out of it. It's uh, pretty awesome. I give him almost no notes. Um, you know, I gave him a few images from a few of my favorite, like, background paintings that were done specifically in the uh, 86 movie that were, uh, you know, very inspirational for me as an artist, and, uh, I just said, go with this vibe. And, yeah, but honestly, like, I've worked with Mike on a lot of books, and the process has been, there's almost no back and forth. It's pretty amazing, actually. It's very special, and I'm very privileged to get him to, uh, do my books. It's incredible. Thank you, Mike. Hey. Robert, um, what can you share about the future? Where are we going with Dunder John Universe? Oh my gosh, I mean, I think that it's 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 a shared universe that's going to expand organically. So, uh, you know, Void Rebels leads into Transformers, Transformers leads into Duke, Duke leads into Cobra Commander, Cobra Commander leads into... You'll have to wait and see. Uh, and uh, uh, it's something that, you know, if you if you look at Void Rivals issue one, uh, you know, we have this appearance from Jetfire that's like important to the issue, but somewhat small. And it's like everything's just going to be kind of like eased into. So, uh, you know, that, that scene leads directly into Daniel's Transformers number one. 
and there's a scene in Transformers, uh, I'm not going to say the issue number, that leads directly into uh, Duke in, in, a, in a similar way, but not exactly. I just drew that page. Oh, sweet. I cannot wait to see that. Uh, and so it's, uh, uh, it, it's just really exciting to be able to, uh, I think slow roll is the word that we keep using, like, like to, to uh, make sure that there's foundations built and uh, that there's uh, uh, like emotions established, that you're invested in all of these characters. We don't want to move too quick because the Transformers world and the G.I. Joe world is massive. And every character in these massive worlds is somebody's favorite. And so we have to make sure that we keep that in mind at all times and, uh, uh, and make sure that when we do start rolling out these characters that we're doing it with the, with the care that we would the creator-owned comics that we do at Skybound. Uh, that's kind of the secret sauce of what we're trying to accomplish. So, you know, if your favorite character is Wheelie, and you love Wheelie as much as I do, you know, you're probably going to get him eventually, but, uh, you know, let's say slow roll. So, uh, uh, you know, just give us give us time. So, Sean, as EIC, what's, you know, what's your day-to-day on this nonsense that we're talking about here? I mean, it is a lot of this nonsense. Like, Robert calls me up. He just got off a flight from vacation was like, hey, I got some ideas, and I'm like, I'm not picking that up, coming back Monday. So, <laughs> no, it's uh, a lot of it's creative conversation. That was a true story that I just heard. I landed on Friday, called him, he didn't pick up, didn't call me back till Monday. That wasn't just a joke. No, that was true. Yeah. I'm not happy about this at all. Uh, no, yeah, I, I got to talk with uh, creatives, plus then also internal staff, brand, marketing, design. Uh, we have a really talented designer, Andres Juarez, that works on, he designed the Void Rivals logo, and like, the main thing was like, make this look like a like, like a toy brand that's been around for 40 years, and it's alongside some of the most iconic packaging and brands we've ever seen, and he rose the occasion, so, um, yeah, and then I also got to work with the folks at Hasbro, and it's... It's pretty crazy that we have it. It's, I think, two years, probably almost to the day that we did it in the future. But uh, it really has awakened the love that I had for these characters growing up. And I've always wanted the comics to be like this, and it's never new. So I think that we're really trying to target existing fans, but also people that are, are looking for a new entry point into these characters. So, yeah. And then I get to work with some, yeah. <laughs> I get to work with some of my favorite creators that we've worked in the Skybound before, like Dan and Josh. So it's great. And also, uh, Real American Hero number 53 was the first single issue comic book I ever owned and it had Snake Eyes on the cover so it's really important to me that we continue publishing that series as well. Good segue to my next question. Larry, you've been, uh, you've literally worked with all of our publishers on comics I think over the last 40 years. So Marvel and Devil's Due and IDW and whoever else <laughs> managed to get in there at one point or another. What kind of advice do you have for, for Robert and Sean about, uh, you know, how to handle this brand and, and do it right? Well, the one thing that I did was that I always studied the feedback. You know, um, we got, you know, when we first started putting out GI Joe, we were getting 200, 300 letters a week. So And I read every single letter. And for the ne- at the next issue, if, if, if people really didn't like something, it was gone. And if people really loved something, there was twice as much of it. <laughs> with, with comics, it's amazing. You get this immediate feedback. 
feedback. And, and I, I always thought it was like really crazy for comics to get rid of letter columns. You know, because I mean, that's how you can tell really what's going on. You know, you, know, you, you can't have you know, restricted, have your ego restricted. You know, that, oh, they don't like that thing that I really like doing. Okay, I'm not going to flog it. <laughs> A way better attitude than I do, <laughs> but but it also works. It, 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 it works, and I keep track of everything. You know, spread all the jokes on down out there. You know, every, so every single state was covered. <laughs> and uh, you know that I think that worked also. You, know, that, that, uh, you, you had to. Audience. I think you're really good at that. <laughs> I've got a letters column in every single comic book I've ever done. It's something that I just think is a, a great tradition in comics, like having that uh, uh, space at the back of an issue to uh, spend time with the fans and to share their thoughts with other fans and kind of you know talk about the behind the scenes aspects that go into the comics. It, it's community building, and I think that's something that's really valuable uh, with anything in entertainment. Well, the, the, the letter columns really established the whole community thing. Stan Lee was a genius at that, you know. And I remember in the 70s, I was in my office at Marvel, you know, writing a letter column. I had a big stack of letters. And I was trying to put together a letter column. And Stan walks by and he sees me working on the letter column. And he looks in my office and he says, you know, you never know. Which one of those letters you got in front of you was written by some kid in an iron line? I mean, Excelsior! And I was like... <laughs> I never forgot that. I'm gonna uh, write kinder responses in all of my letters columns from now on. All right, Daniel, um, I'd love to hear, um, you know, without, let's put Bumblebee aside for the moment. Of course, of course. But, uh, <laughs> gladly, um, if we could, uh, I'd love to hear just anything you're, without too much spoilers, but maybe a little hint to what you're excited about, what uh, what big moments you've got cooked up that uh, you could tease the audience with me. Well, if you don't mind, I'd love to focus on the kind of smaller details that I've been trying to put into the Transformers book that I hope will just bring some new flavor. Um, I'm trying to figure out a cool way to have the Transformers transforming. Um, because in the old Marvel books, you know, a lot of times they do like little squiggly lines, but they'd actually just be in their car mode. And uh, I'm like, I'm like really trying to like, what does Starscream look halfway from plane to robot? Um, and it's actually, not only is it like a fun challenge, but it's also just incredibly fun to draw. So, um, there's like one panel I just drew of like Optimus transforming into his truck mode, but like you can still see his head like flipping around, and he looks like actually like really effed up, because <laughs> uh, you know he looks like he's been mortally wounded, but he's just transforming. So just kind of, that, I don't know. That's a small detail that hopefully people can kind of hang on to, and it's something that I'm having a really good time with. As far as big moments, honestly, I'm just afraid I'll give anything away. Ernie. <laughs> So, uh, Robert, your view of the 
what's coming next, and you know, maybe a little bit about GI Joe since I know you know um, I know Joshua wasn't able to join us today, but um, maybe you could just touch up a little bit on. Yeah, I think I think the important thing to know uh, in relation to what we're doing with GI Joe in the Energon universe, which is separate from what Larry's doing in his series, is that uh, we're we're starting things from the ground floor. So we're going to actually see the Cobra organization and the GI Joe organization form. So uh, that's where the Duke miniseries and the Cobra Commander miniseries starts and, and, and kind of comes into play. Uh, and it's all it's all connected. So it doesn't seem like it's it, what's really exciting for me is, you know, the starting point of this was Void Rivals, which takes place on the rim of a black hole, like in deep space. And it's still somehow going to be connected eventually to what we're doing with G.I. Joe, which is very cool and, 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 and sounds very weird right now, but when you see how it all comes together, it's going to be very exciting. So uh, just like figuring out how all these characters like interact in a logical way and how they, they like we can stay true to who the characters are, because it's not going to be like, oh, Duke's in space next, you know, in issue two, like that's, that's not going to work. Uh, you know, G.I. Joe is very grounded, uh, human story, and we're going to maintain that. But, you know, it, it, as we get deeper and deeper into this world that we're building, you're going to see how these different science fiction elements that are inherent to these characters, uh, you know, kind of makes the, the world more interesting and, and leads to a lot of really cool character development and is going to, you know, help us evolve these characters in really cool ways as the series progresses. I think that's all we have time for today, but um, thanks everybody. Um, <laughs> Alpine! So, uh, again, what's the uh, 6A tomorrow at 4 15? Yes. Thank you all for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for Just to reiterate that point about how important the letters column will be. Skybound, and we will get a letters page back at the back page of A Real American Hero, which will be wonderful. Uh, Void Rivals has got a dedicated email address, voidrivals at skybound.com. So you can already get writing if you so wish about what uh, what you think of the books coming out and your hopes and uh, what you'd like to see from the new books. And there was a point there where Robert Kirkman said, that the Transformers would see the start of Duke's story and that Daniel Warren just said he drew it. Um, he also just said recently that he was working on issue two. So, uh, and given that Transformers starts in October and Duke in December, I think issue two is probably a fair bet. There shouldn't be too long a delay between the beginning of Transformers and seeing uh, the component that acts as launch pad for Duke's miniseries. Um, but all of that aside, they have also said that the Transformers story is mostly self-contained. Um, so I don't think there will be masses of overlap or a, uh, or at least in the short term, I don't think you will miss out on too much of actual story content by not reading all of the titles. Next up was the Hasbro Energon Universe panel. SDC, Saturday, 22nd of July. No streaming was allowed uh, at this panel, so there isn't so much uh, full video, um, but I do have notes sourced from the Geekly Grind and Philip Donnelly again on Twitter, who both live tweeted the event in some detail. Uh, Skybound also posted some video clips, 
Uh, so I've included the audio from them where available. Uh, they've started off with a trailer for the Energon universe. And how did this come to be? Kirkman mentions that the property came about about three years ago and they had to turn a pitch around very quickly. Previously, Daniel Warren Johnson has said that he was asked to provide some art to Skybound for their pitch to Hasbro around June 2021. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson at the time was working on Beta Ray Bill. He provided an illustration of Bruticus, which is the tank version of Devastator from Transformers. And when Skybound did get the license and asked if he wanted to come on board... He, was, he said that he had just finished his creator-owned series, Do a Powerbomb, and wasn't quite ready for his next creator-owned project. So it was actually a really good time to get on board while his ideas for his own series were still uh, just stating. Uh, then in terms of that central book, Void Rivals, uh, what made Jetfire the right surprise? They wanted to pay tribute to Jetfire's older history and adapting that original story and turning it into a cool way to launch into Transformers issue one. Uh, there's a little clip here. What's coming next in Void Rivals? You know, the story's got two, you know, kind of boring uh, races against one another, but we find out that they're actually kind of similar. So can you give us a little bit of tease about what, you know, maybe coming, coming next? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, a you know, pulling the rug out from under the moment. They're two races that have been at war for thousands of years, and they've never, you know, they've never really encountered people. They've never really encountered each other in a way that would allow them to realize that, um, you know, they are very similar. There's, uh, as we get deeper into the story, we'll find out that there's mythology that isn't true and different things that they believed about each other that was just complete lies. And so moving further into the series is the question of, who constructed those lies? Who set this dynamic up and why? And how deep does this conspiracy go? So talking about the big picture and how Robert Kirkman is involved, he said that he has a four hour long conversation with Sean Meskowitz uh, to create a roadmap for the world and then coordinating the various type tool that Kirkman says it's almost become like a hobby that while working on Invincible, he'd spitball things with Sean and work with Daniel and Josh to help bring the world together in a unifying way. Sean Makowitz said that it's important to be strategic about placing of uh, introducing characters and developing those connections so that when they die, it hurts more. So it's all about the that sort of in, emotional connection and building up characters and, and um, making them individuals and important in their own right rather than just chucking them all in. Kirkman says that he wants to be able to introduce new characters all the way through to issue 150 and joked that he could save save up introducing Snake Eyes until then. Sean Makovitz said it's fun to see on the mass message boards how can a G.I. Joe take out a Transformer and he says oh you'll find out. <laughs> They talk a little bit about Joshua Williamson, who's the new Duke and Cobra Commander writer, and also Daniel Warren Johnson, who's on Transformers, um, and what makes them good for the Energon universe. So he says, uh, Josh put on a fresh coat of paint on Flash for DC, 
so that was a selling point. And Daniel Warren Johnson is able to put emotions into story in a way that is unparalleled in this industry. Uh, separately, Daniel Warren Johnson has talked quite a lot about including humans in uh, the Transformers story and having that way of sort of grounding it and creating a kind of in and, a, and an emotional connection. Duke writer Williamson says, when we first got the license, the question was, where do we start? It would make sense if connections were forming and things being more rooted in the Transformers history. I really wanted to start at the beginning so wanting to start on the series before Joe and Cobra formed, which is where Duke picks up that uh, at this point, Cobra isn't, it, it doesn't exist and neither does G.I. Joe. Uh, Williamson talks a bit about his inspiration and clearly he's into the comics, cartoons, toys and, and is a classified collector. Um, so I've got a clip of that to find out a little bit more about Josh Williamson, G.I. Joe writers, inspirations. You know, there's things from the comics that I, I think about a lot. There's things from the cartoon. And I'm a big toy guy. Like, I mean, they know this. Like, I I love the new classified toys. I have every single one of them. Um, and so sometimes they'll actually announce a toy. And I'll be like, that's going to come right now. Like, I was working on an issue with Cobra Commander, and they announced that toy that was the Soundwave Thunder Machine, like, hybrid. And when I saw that, I really was like, two-page spread, Thunder Machine. Like, things like that. So I get very inspired by it. And that's actually one of the things that's been really interesting about working about on, on this project is trying to find all the different parts from all of it, right? So it's like pieces from the comics, pieces from the cartoon, pieces from the toys, and really trying to find a way to combine all that and take my own love of it, you know? And I don't want to say call it cherry picking, but I am a little selfish with it. <laughs> so trying to find those things that I love, and then the challenge becomes my own, and Sean can probably talk about this around it too, my own patience. You know, because I'm always like, I'm in a hurry, I want to rush because I love so much of it. I want to write as many of the characters as soon as possible. And I'm constantly putting characters in, and then they're like, no, 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 it's too soon. So Josh Williamson goes on to talk about the early Cobra Commander. He's a master ma manipulator. It's his greatest skill, and it's not just a about him being in fights. Didn't want a Cobra Commander who shrieks, wanted him more aggressive. Cobra Commander is more of a horror comic says Williamson, and that's the look they were going for in the cover image. Williamson continues, how does Cobra Commander manage all of these people who hate him? It was fun to use that as a starting point. Then there's a series of questions from the audience. Will void rival toys be a possibility? Kirkman says that he would love to bring some to the market, but is up to Hasbro and an attending member of staff from Hasbro jokingly says done. Uh, he does talk uh, elsewhere about um, sort of part of the design of Kirk of, of Void Rivals almost being like it's it should be an existing uh, 80s Hasbro property that is kind of being rediscovered. And, and that was the look that they were going for in the in the logo and, and some of the design and so on. Uh, another question, will Visionaries and Inhumanoids show up? Uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers are so expansive already that the Skybound focus is just on these properties for now. Another fan question, what age range is this universe? Uh, Sean says it's more like a teen, teen range, 12 to 16. There will be action, violence, but no fluids or blood. Kirkman notes that this can be a challenge for him, known for his OTT violence and blood from his other 
books. Uh, it is possible that other stories will be produced for other age ranges. Interesting. So the Rise of the Beasts crossover that was asked about uh, how how Skybound and Paramount Pictures work together. Sean Makowitz says they got a wink about a week before the Rise of the Beasts regarding the crossover reveal at the end, but otherwise were completely in the dark about it. There is a very clear separation between what is going on with Skybound and what is happening with Paramount Pictures. Sean Makowitz says is asked about plans to republish the old IDW publishing run, specifically the Transformers one, and uh, gives an answer on that. Uh, though I think the the answer is also valid for GI Joe. Let's uh, let's hear that question. Skybound also going to republish old comics, uh, old Transformers comics like uh, IDW or uh, the old Marvel comics. I'm a big fan of uh, James Roberts. Comics. So, uh, and yeah, so a friend of mine wanted to read them and said, well, they're gone. They're, you can't buy them anymore. So, are, is there any chance of uh, Skybound coming yeah, back? Yeah, we definitely have plans to republish uh, some of the classic collections Marvel, uh, IDW. Okay. So, more news on that. Uh, yeah. Also, there this year. Oh, great. And if there's any, any lines that you're looking for beyond that, like we definitely, we have a letters page. All our books have letters pages. Boyd Rivals at Skyline.com. You can send in like, just, hey, this is what I'd like to see because we like to, we know what we'd like to publish. Okay. But there's, there's stuff that, you know, we're still catching up on as well, so. Cool. Well, yeah. Larry Hammer says, listen to the fans. As long as it's not about Candyland, please speak up. But yeah, yeah, anything you guys want, anything from the past that you guys, you know, are excited about, please let us know. So that was all of the updates that I had. So uh, all in all, Skybound revelations from San Diego Comic-Con. Nothing that um, is uh, extraordinary and new that we didn't know before in terms of actually, you know, the names of the the titles and and release dates and and these kind of things. Uh, But it's, you know, beginning to put a little bit more flesh on the bones in terms of understanding uh, kind of some of the thinking and approach to uh, how they how gonna, they're going to deal with some of these titles. So um, found it all very interesting, and look definitely looking forward to talking about them as we find out more and as they come out. And as uh, look very much looking forward to having them in my hand, reading these new books and uh, delving into both the new world, but probably more importantly the existing world from Larry Hammer. We have done a an episode specifically looking at Void Rivals issue one. Um, we're not proposing to do massive two-hour deep dives into each issue. Um, we'll probably do a, a recap um, of, of a handful of the issues a little bit down the road. But in the meantime, we'll be continuing to look at the Devil's Due era of G.I. Joe as well as Uh, delving maybe into some of the history and talking to some of our favorite G.I. Joe creators. So if you are new to the show, you can find us at talkingjoe.co.uk, which is the website which has links to all of the places that you can find us. We release weekly podcasts uh, on podcast audio only and pretty regularly over on YouTube Two, there's a Talking Joe Facebook group where you can join and get the latest 
Talking Joe and Comics News and join in on the discussion on Twitter or on Instagram. And you can also reach out to us, give us an email, leave us a voicemail. We're on Patreon, where I give our Patreon members, Sam, Jay, Bill, Christopher, Justin, Rob, Brian and Shane, early access to things as well as some exclusive content. But for now, that is us done. But remember that nobody beats Talking Joe, an international podcast. Laters.